0: Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi-gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. everyone welcome to another special edition of the market watch podcast is proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au home of the best of the best multis i tell you what everyone's up and about well (laughs) our man tristan merlihan who thought his rankings had gone up i think into the top five and unfortunately found out that they tumbled down following the result of a lunch bet from last week i think still ranked in the top 26 so that's good news for him Tristan Merlihan and of course Jared Condon from readingtheplay.com.au who I see today is without a cap which suggests who knows what we're going to get when it comes to the next 40 minutes on this podcast how are we gentlemen
1: yeah, up and down morning, Jimmy. I walked in with a uh, big spring in my step um, because I was sitting there cheering on my Tampa Bay Bucks uh, a <laughs> couple of days ago. And um, lo and behold, I realised that the line had moved a couple of points. So the uh, the, the late plus covered. But um, I'm going to have to go and review the tape because you're trying to tell me that maybe the uh, the bet we struck at the line had shifted from, which I've got no doubt to... Uh, no, no reason to, to doubt your uh, your gen your g- genuine uh, attitude there, Jimmy. But uh, the other concern I've got is that I did have a little green arrow next to my name in the in the family rankings, but yes. there's been a massive plummet, and I think I'm going to go through qualifying because it's um, Robin's last day at school today, and. Uh, when Ash asked me if we were going to SeaWorld to celebrate, I informed her I had a golf day on and uh that went down very, very poorly. Uh, so I'm um I'm in there battling Bernard Atomic in round one qualifying out at uh, clay courts out there at Carrara. So we'll see how we go. But I uh, could be um I might not see next week. It might be in a lot of trouble.
0: <laughs> oh dear. Very
2: good. Very good. What about you, Jared? No cap this week? Uh no, no. I uh, I left the uh the four and a half. Cap uh, aside this week, Jimmy, uh, as I've mentioned before, he's a nice relative to Straight Acer. who ran third in the Group 1 last week, so that was uh, very exciting. And actually third behind Magic Time, which was a big tip from Tristan. And um, I think about 11 lengths in front of your tip, so that was a nice touch-up in the <laughs> lunch bet stakes, uh, should you ask?
0: Oh, dear. Was there more than two and a half horses between them? Uh, I think there might have been so. There might have uh, been
2: about ten of them, Jimmy. <laughs> I
0: think I think it went magic time field the inferno. But anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure you uh, leave a review if you would like. Give us a rating. Uh, you can check it out at Spotify, Apple, wherever it is you get your podcast. Uh, YouTube as well as we say we go back before we go forward. So, Jared, a very good weekend. For the NFL, all three tips getting home. Uh, what do we have? 49ers, Cowboys, and Jaguars. So, um, oh, well, mustn't have been. Well, Tristan, Tristan, Tristan's you, you, mustn't you. have got home. <laughs> uh,
1: Dallas, gone, Dallas, Dallas got home. Well, well, uh, yeah, we. Um, no one opposed the other uh, Cowboys against the Panthers. So the Flat Track Bullies. Remember that was uh, uh, yes. out there in the. In the uh, the oval, Jimmy. But yeah, no, the uh, we we did. We got a. I'll let Jared chime in. But three thousand nine hundred and ninety five. The kitty on the back of the three wins of the NFL,
2: which is fantastic. And uh, uh, yes, Jimmy, you were very sharp and got the 49ers the right time of the week because that move on the line by game time meant that they actually didn't cover. But you got them before the move, so. Uh, we picked up the money there to the Cowboys. Yes, flat track bullies. Um, nice little story about them into um, Thanksgiving Day in the US um, a little later in their game. And the Jags, again, uh, back at home. And again, I think flat track bullies as well covered. Magic time. Yes, yeah, a lovely result, nearly $4,000. And um, might have a, a nice little kick into the Christmas appeal for Pass It On Clothing in the coming weeks. So that's uh, great news.
0: So score update. We're just looking at the table now. I remain on plus ten. Jared moves to zero. Well done, Jared, on moving to zero. And Tristan remains on minus eleven. So uh, there we go.
2: Well, uh, I, I think Tristan's actually filed a uh, protest this morning. So we'll have to hear that offline. That uh, that first against eleventh uh, magic time in the Inferno surely is worth another three or four lunch bets. But anyway, we'll uh, we'll take that to the adjudicator.
1: I yep. actually uh, suggest it was worth one per placing, but I'm happy to cop three or four if, if we have to uh, if we have to settle and negotiate out of court.
2: Yeah, I was going to
0: say I'm unavailable for that offline uh, report, but then I just think, hang on, I might have been involved in this because who knows what you two will come up with. But uh, There you go. Very movable, the feast, when it comes to ruling around lunch bets. Uh, all right, let's get into what has been an incredible week. What about this win from Australia, I ended up staying up Sunday night to watch the Indian innings. And I thought, eh, should be quite straightforward. And if you look at it on paper, it was really straightforward, Tristan, but it wasn't. There were wild fluctuations throughout the course of the game. And we have had one of the most spectacular tournaments, a spectacular final and an individual performance from Travis Head that has been absolutely out of this world.
1: Oh, for sure. And, and, you know, the, the thing that doesn't, or it does show up on the scorecard is a catch T head uh, yeah. early on in that innings for Rohit Sharma. That was one of the biggest turning points and one of the best catches to catch it running backwards over his head, ball dipping away when Sharma was going absolutely crazy. And it looked like there was a score of 350 plus on the cards. Um, that was, in my view, the turning point of the game, and and Australia got in quite short at the the, the change of innings. But then the three early wickets, and um, you know, India got in back into a dollar sixty favourites. Australia out to that two dollar thirty five mark, and and yeah, it, it looked a comfortable enough victory when they were four down. But um, you know, there, there was a lot of discussion over where the Luboshans should play or Stoyness. Um, you know, there was. Back early in the piece, remember, Travis Head got selected probably controversially in the squad and left at home at the start of the tournament. So yeah. – um I, I, I think there were some big ticks there for the, the selectors in what they did at the end of the tournament. Obviously, going in at zero and two, uh, there could have been some panic stations, but they did really, really well. Um, and Paddy Cummings' uh, captaincy—I I, I think he, he did a great job as well. So it was just one of the one of the best big game performances by an Australian team, I think, for a long time to do it over in India. And uh, just listening to the. Um, to the crowd whenever there was an Indian wicket that was uh that was certainly uh very <laughs> very good to hear the uh the the silence saying so much but um but yeah what a fantastic effort and um yeah well well test champions retaining the ashes and winning the uh, world cup pretty handy season just, by the aussies
2: just an amazing 12 months isn't it and if we go back a week we discussed here um prior to the game against south africa with all of that questionable weather around whether that game would get through and what might unfold and i mean at that stage um, Tristan, you gave a market update of Australia being $4.60 to actually win outright the whole series. Um, they then, you know, got through that game. And then what about some of that atmosphere, as you touched on? You know, 120,000 people in that stadium, which was just uh, uh, magnificent. The head catch, that innings. And what a 12 months. What a 12 months for Cummings, too. And, you know, you know, they were... Um, A lot of focus around Langer moving on. You know, question marks about Cummings and some of that leadership. Well, dear oh dear, we couldn't have asked for a bigger twelve-month period from this team.
0: There were so many things around that uh, World Test at the um, World Cup. Um, at 0-2, there were all question marks around, you know, Travis Head, Mitchell Marsh was doing well at the top of the order. Why don't you leave him there with Davey Warner? Does Pat Cummins retain his position? Then they found some momentum, and then they got a little lucky during some games, and then they got the incredible Maxwell innings that got them into the finals as well. But all the way through it, every every rain that the selectors pulled, and I'm talking about George Bailey as the head of selectors, Andrew McDonald and Tony Doddermade, everything that they did, turned out to their benefit. So uh, even the selection at the end there with, um, Manus and Marcus Stoinis and, and even, um, at the start of the tournament, when Alex Carey was taken out after the first game and Josh Inglis comes in and, um, and he takes five catches in the final, like everything they did worked. So you've got to give them enormous credit for that. And, And sometimes in the face of criticism too, you know, there was a lot of pressure externally coming at them, but they stayed the course, um, their their great players stood up, and then they got some fantastic contributions at different stages from all the other players. Um, it it was crushing. This was, uh, a, a, an interesting one from a friend of ours, uh, Tristan, who talked about the body language of Rohit Sharma during the course of the semi final. And they were saying Rohit Sharma's won five IPL titles. He's as cool a customer as you would see, and yet he was highly agitated in that game against New Zealand, where he was there talking with the 12th man and some other player, or the whole match, the whole mat, the whole time they were batting. And you just thought, pressure does funny things, right? Pressure impacts people in different ways. And then you go a next step and take it to the final. And Yes, Rohit Sharma was batting well, and then there's pressure comes to play. And then you never open the bowling with Muhammad Shami, and then you do in the final. Why do you change things that have worked throughout the course of the tournament? All of that leads to just giving your opponent a little bit of a sneak uh you know a door ajar type situation and australia took it. it it's i don't know maybe i'm I, I remember 87 um i remember all the other world cup wins but this is given the circumstances i think this is one of the 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 wins of for the ages tristan
1: absolutely and and i think we touched on that a couple of weeks ago that the home home crown advantage is, is great getting you there, but then that, that pressure just it it absorbs you and 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 it was just uh it was it was you could tell once um you know they were going at such a free-flowing nature and then um Sharma got out and then it just felt like I think there was a period there of 85 balls without a boundary when you had Kohli in. And and then the Australians chipped away and took wickets at, at at periodic times and and yeah it was fantastic. I, I I obviously um I'm about 45 years younger than you Jimmy, so I haven't seen as many of the World Cup wins as as what you've seen, but um but I I agree it was one of the uh, one of the best performances in in any sport. And and I, and I think the, the the thing that also is important to remember with with Paddy Cummins captaincy is some of those knocks he he did with the bat or he made with the yeah. bat. Not necessarily you look at it, it's a big 50 or a big 40 or a big 70, something along those lines. But when he was out there and he stayed with Glenn Maxwell for the the, the period he did and the duration he did, and then, um, you know, I think it was against South Africa where they they, they guided uh, the, the last few runs with, with Mitch Stark as well. Like, they're really important uh, knocks. And and obviously, he was so good with the field placing. And I just think, you know, it's so easy to be critical when things are going bad. And, and you know, I certainly... Was questioning a few of those calls when they were open too, but the the selectors stuck solid. They they backed their processes and they've they've proved to be right. And, well, and, and it's uh, yeah, just a fantastic effort. And what, what about the what golf about- course the the day after? Wouldn't you be happy to be out there on a on a buggy <laughs> with uh, with Maxi?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and winning the toss and bowling. You know, could you yeah. imagine the media storm had we lost uh, over the coming days thereafter on the back of winning the toss and bowling? And you know, I mean, it proved to be a master call. And they you know, not only bowled exceptionally well, but fielded exceptionally well and turned the game. Knowledge of
0: conditions, right? We, we hear it a lot during the IPL. Uh, you know, you might bowl first. Why? Because the ball's hard to grip at night. It gets really dewy. And, and that just makes it that little bit harder for the bowlers. And that's exactly
2: did, did, what happened. Did Matthew Hayden happen to mention the dew? Oh. <laughs> oh, big oh, big Dossy. As somebody said on social media, uh, find somebody that loves you as much as Matthew Hayden does talking about the Jew.
0: (laughs) Well, he's... um, Yeah, of all the great performers for Australia during the course of the Cricket World Cup, I'm not sure Big Dossie was one of them. Anyway, let's get to some NFL. Uh, I see now that the... What are they the Eagles nine and one I tell you what they could very easily have been eight and two if uh, Kansas City wide receivers could catch um, I thought that was interesting they resurrected the line from the legendary line from Giselle Bunston saying uh, Tom Brady can't throw them and catch them uh, which is a little bit like Patrick Mahomes the other day uh, fantastic matchup I reckon the Chiefs get out of that Jared thinking ah, no we can we can beat them we can beat them but not
2: this time. Yeah, I think so, Jimmy. I, listen, I was very impressed with the Eagles. I mean, that's the third week in a row now that the, the Chiefs have not scored in the second half. Um, and in wet, questionable conditions at Arrowhead for the Chiefs not to go on with it in the second half. And, yeah, you touch on the obvious problem and the question has to be longer term. Um, can they get that right? Because to date they haven't. And they've beaten the teams um, that are not going to matter come finals time. Uh, Yet the Eagles are certainly going to on the NFC. And, you know, they go to a clear position as the number one seed there at nine and one Uh, Lo and behold, we have the lines at eight and two. Who would have thought Uh, we'll talk about Turkey day in a moment. And the big uh, lines clash, Uh, the AFC, as we touched on last week, I mean, there's a lot of chopping and changing The, the Ravens now go to number one seed. Um, that $13 of uh, maybe four weeks ago was a, a nice price longer term for me. You know, uh, the Chiefs, the Jags, um, you know, the, the Dolphins, um, no Bengals now with um, uh, Burrow gone. You know, the Bills came up with a win last week, but I'm not sure that they're going to be uh, seriously in contention as it unfolds. So um, I think the NFC is somewhat clear cut with the top three seeds. What unfolds with the AFC will be very interesting.
0: Uh, All right. Well, Tristan, you better give us the latest Super Bowl market update, given the fact that, yeah, Joe Burrow out. I I did see something of interest too. The value of the quarterbacks. and we talk about the unders and the overs all the time, Jared, and how it's been a really unders year. The the value of the quarterbacks not playing at the moment exceeds a billion dollars. So this is the extent that, you know, Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr. It's over a billion dollars worth of contract sitting on the sideline. So uh, where's the market at now, Tristan?
1: The market's very, very tight. Uh, we've got three teams very even at the top of the the market where Philadelphia is $5. The 49ers and the Chiefs are both $5.50. Then Baltimore's 8 Miami's 10 Dallas, 10 Detroit, 13 Buffalo's still hanging around at 19 along with the was at 19, then it gets a bit wide after that. Cleveland at 41, the next in line. But uh, just uh, an exciting team to watch. The Houston Texans, they're at $56. I don't think wow. anyone would have thought that'd be in the top, you know, 10 to 15 of uh, Super Bowl betting a couple of years ago. So that's, uh, it's it's exciting to see how that young uh, Stroud's been going. But what about the games we've got this weekend? We've obviously got uh, Thanksgiving Day where we've got three games there. Uh, Friday or tomorrow, uh, which, which are brilliant. We've also got the first time a Black Friday game over in America yeah. where the Miami Dolphins take on the Jets on Saturday morning Australian time, which is um, I think Amazon's paid $100 million to broadcast that game. Yeah. Um, they've got all this new technology out, which is meant to uh, which obviously will be tailored into all the shopping side of things. So it's amazing how whenever you're looking at new and innovative things, the NFL is always there at the forefront of it. So it's an exciting weekend. Thanksgiving weekend is one of the best you'll ever see.
0: Uh, Three games, as you mentioned. Last year, the average audience for those three games was 34 million people. It peaked at 42 million for, I think it was the Giants-Cowboys game, uh, 42 million. Uh, And then uh, you start thinking about that Black Friday game for the first time, uh, I think ever after they legislated back in the 1960s that you couldn't play NFL on a Friday or Saturday just to protect high school and, and college football. That's why they came up with Thursday night footy and Monday night footy. You're right. They've got a hundred million dollar game. They've doubled the price for advertisers to advertise during the course of that game. And if you see something that you like on the broadcast, you can just immediately add it to your basket on Amazon and buy it. So that I mean, the future is now, Tristan. It's
1: amazing, and you're right with that legislative um, stuff, Jimmy. It's it's to protect the college and the school based. Uh, football, but it's it's Friday night from six pm onwards in America, and then Saturday. So that's why they've got the Friday oh. Arvo game. I think it's three pm, uh, American time over there. So uh, they always find a way to to to, to get through, and, and I think that's going to be a you know a really good outcome over there. And as you say, it, it's innovation. It's uh, it's it's great to see, and it's, it's it's exciting to see how the business and the sports worlds combine.
2: Well, and lo and behold, the game they put on Saturday ends up um with the New York Jets who are an absolute basket case and, you know, 10 point underdog. And uh, I think they'll absolutely get flogged. So what, Amazon would hope that there might be some interest in the first half, at least.
0: Yeah. The, the interesting thing about that, I'm immediately thinking about which markets in America, like Miami and New York, that shop most online and what gives what gives Amazon the most margin when they deliver products out of their um dcs like you you can only think that 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 sort of stuff has gone into it what about i think it's paramount have paid a hundred million dollars to broadcast one playoff game so they're gonna they're gonna broadcast one playoff game so they're like you can just imagine if it's big market teams or little market teams or whoever it happens to be you know all of that beyond their control but anyway that's what they've played and um they're just amazing the nfl uh Uh, Amazing organisation.
2: All right, uh, you better tell us what you're doing this week, Jared. Well, it's interesting if we we look at Thanksgiving, Jimmy, and Friday, our time, we have those three games as we've touched on. History says that the favourites have an outstanding record uh, on this day, but the one that doesn't is the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the last 12 times that they've played on Thanksgiving, they've only covered the line once. Now, they're against the Commanders, with an 11.5-point line. Uh, very interesting watch there. Listen, I thought the easiest way to find a best bet was to take the first four games, take the first four favourites, who were either 7.5 or longer. That's the Lions, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, and the Miami Dolphins. I want to mouldy them all up $2.18 or thereabouts uh, for the four favourites, and uh, take that as my best for the week. All right. On the line, what about you, two?
1: I'm going to take us, uh, Jared's focusing on the first four games, I'm going to take us to the last game of the round where uh, we've got Chicago taking on the Vikings and uh, Chicago, I think, after blowing that lead against Detroit, I think the air is going to really come out of the tyres. I think the Vikings, they they were quite good against Denver. I thought they were a little bit unlucky the way things unfolded. I think Josh Dobbs is looking pretty good in that system. I still don't know how a bloke gets suspended for four or six weeks, and they don't throw a flag when they seem to fl- throw a flag on uh, any any time a quarterback gets touched, which was the uh, the difference in the game, in my opinion. So I'm going to take the Vikings at home minus the three flat at a dollar eighty one 81 against the Bears.
0: Oh, oh, all right. Uh, well, I had a look at two on the on the uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, the Forty Nine ers they just got out to that seven and a half against the Seahawks, and Detroit out to seven and a half. So. Uh, I'm going to stick with the 49ers. They've been good to me. Uh, CMC was just absolutely tearing it up uh, early doors last week, so uh, I'm going to go the 49ers minus seven and a half. You can get a dollar ninety-six against uh, Geno Smith uh, and the Seahawks. So I think they're they're just starting to unravel a little bit at the moment. So that's where I'm headed, Tristan.
1: Yeah, I think the broadcast rights on that game, they'll be calling it the Jimmy Smith Bowl because I think these are the two teams you've gravitated around over the last couple of years, isn't it? So uh, that, that'll add an extra couple of million to the, uh, the broadcast, I'm sure.
2: Uh, well, That's I think... A, yeah, Interesting think, too, I, Tristan. We're, what are we, 12 weeks into the season and we still don't know who Jimmy's following this year?
0: I follow the NFL, Jared. So <laughs> a bloke asked me... I was listening to a bloke yesterday and he's like, oh, man, I'm a... I'm a Houston fan. You know, if you said to me at the start of the year that we'd get six wins, I'd be ecstatic. And CJ Stroud, how good is that? Who do you follow? I went, it's a bit of a long story, mate. (laughs) 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 Anyway, I'll tell you who I'm following this week. The San Francisco 49ers. Go, you, good thing. So, uh, Kyle Shanahan and the team
2: uh, getting it done. In the interest of lunch bets, we haven't had one here yet, but I will go with the Chicago Bears at the plus three. Ooh. There you
1: go. I'm, I'm very, I, I, uh, very happy I, I, to oppose you. What about you, Flota? Which way are you going,
0: Flota? <laughs> I've been called worse in my life too, by the way. Uh, so what do we got? Chicago. Uh, last game, Minnesota. Oh God. Um, what, Where are you, Tristan?
1: I've, um, I've, I've declared the Vikings as my my bet of the week. So yeah, right. Well, I'm going to have to go with
0: Jared. I think. Ooh.
1: There we go. The day, the uh, got the spring back in my step again here. So that, that, that's a great little pick up to the end uh, of the morning.
0: Chicago Bears plus three. That is a lunch bet, and we are v Tristan. Thank you, and Jared's with me. I like to keep this written down because sometimes you know some of the some of the results that you blokes have claimed during the course of the year, you just got to be very careful. You got to be very very accurate with your admin. I know that.
2: I think the other interesting thing uh, post this week is, uh, it, do we see another one, if not two, coaches sacked? Because I certainly think that uh, Stately, the head, the head coach daily. of the Chargers yeah. is uh, very much on the hot seat, certainly the coach of the Bears. And uh, I certainly don't think that the, uh, the um, Carolina Panthers coach will be head of that organisation next season. So whether he gets moved sooner than later will also be interesting. Brandon Staley, yeah. he's
0: he, When he start chirping back at reporters, <laughs> you, oh, you know you're under the pump a little bit. Hey, what about well, my man, Russell Wilson, hey? He's back. I'll tell you who's back and you're like, oh, mate, go Russ.
2: Jimmy, Go Russ. Back.
0: Mate, have a look at his passer rating, Jared.
2: Oh, Jimmy, the last three games, they've won on the back of turnovers. They've been absolutely rolled out a red carpet and a gift to end up winning. I mean, when they actually come up against a bit of opposition in coming weeks, I think they'll be in trouble.
1: Or- well, how, how about we we might look at a uh, a long term futures uh, lunch bet? How about this? Uh, since we're all about innovation here in in lunch bets, and, oh uh, here we go. So uh, we've got Denver at hundred to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, we've got the Chargers at ninety one, and you you both have turned up your nose at the Vikings. How about uh, you any interest in this, Jimmy? We go with Vikings v Broncos. They're both around the same price to win the Super Bowl. Who progresses further? Yeah, right, eh. Yeah, so your man Russell against my man Josh Dobbs.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, long term. How do I? Geez, my administration's going to be strong, have to be strong on this. Yes. So long term oh,
2: lunch bet. Don't mm. worry. If, you, if you're if you losing, I think Tristan's administration will remind
0: <laughs> you. Mate, how about, how about the bookmaker come out of him? Uh, I can feel a bit of interest here. How do I, how do I put some market
2: together? <laughs> very good. Okay. The, the, the problem here, Jimmy, is that the Broncos have a very soft draw. Well, that's no problem for me. No, I know. Would you like to be on the, uh, the Broncos side of things, Jared? <laughs> And I'm, I'm just going to watch this one, gentlemen. So <laughs> Bron- Broncos v. Vikings. Vikings. Who progresses further? Mm. I, I shall be cheering the Vikings. Oh, Jared.
1: And I, I think we've just determined if it's a tie break, then it's whichever side Jared's cheering the, uh, the victor. It's the spoils. <laughs>
0: No, if it's a tie break, whatever the losing margin is in that loss.
1: There you go. What about that? That's that's a very good tiebreak rule. We're we're we in, innovative here. I think uh, I think we, we might come up with a new bet option every every week. By the sounds <laughs> of it. So.
0: <laughs> Any word from PVL about that? You know uh, the places, number of places, or anything like that? Did, did you have a word to him during the week, Tristan? About no, that? No, he has
1: been. I think he's been on a plane for twenty four seven. The every time I ring him, it goes to flight mode. So <laughs> I'm not sure what the what the go is there. So it's the same as when I ring to complain about a barrier. But I've been doing that for four years.
0: And, yeah, your number flashes up immediately and it's blocked. <laughs> block uh very good um all right so that is week 12 of the nfl covered off there righto jared you better take us racing
2: well we have a very good meeting down at Kembla grange with the gong on the back of the successful hunter last weekend but uh, i'm going to go up to Doombin race six number 14 a horse called madame odette well, the Gollan stable uh, comes out of a very strong prep last prep where she was in and around four races, enlisted and group company. Uh, nice run first up. Uh, this is a, a weak 1,600 metre on a, a Saturday uh, class um, Gollan has Ben Thompson on board, uh, $3.80. I thought she should be a very warm favourite, and I think by race time she will be. So, uh, Dooban race six, number 14, Madam Odette, $3.80. hundred bucks on the win, thank you. All right. Uh, T, where are you taking us?
1: I'm going to take us to Kemba, and um, I'm going to, as you said, there's a good, strong meeting there, and um, I'm going to take us to a horse. Where have we got here? Uh, race I've lost it. Hang on. Um,
0: no, you're right. Gives us confidence about your admin. <laughs> My admin.
1: I'm trying to. <laughs> here we go. There we go. Race nine, number five, headwall. Um, I'm going to take us to one of the back end of the cards. On Jared said, there's a strong meeting down at Kembla, but Blake Spriggs he's moved up to the uh, to the sunny state and he's been riding up here, but he's going back there for one ride. Uh it trialled very, very well. I, I think it's going to be a horse that's got a lot of ability. And uh, first up is the only concern. But I think it's a big chance of uh, overtaking the favourite there, the Emperor at 220. I, I think it's a it's a very, very good chance of getting a result in this race. So I'm going to take that on the nose at the $5. Okay,
0: on the nose, all-important staking plan on that one. I'm going to go to uh, Kembla Grange as well. Uh, not the gong, the Wara. For 2023. So we're looking at race eight on Saturday. Number three, Malkovich out of the Bjorn Baker stable. Uh, and first up too. So uh, $11 uh, in from 16. $11 and $3.40. So you'd have to say right here at this point, it'd be a crucial staking plan, I would say, Tristan. So I'm going to go the fitty. Uh 50 on the win, 50 on the place.
1: At $3.40
2: the place. No problems at all.
0: Yeah, fifty each way. How's that sound? How
2: how does Dragonstone come up in the market as second favorite in that race? The horse is owned by bookmakers, I when mean, it goes around in the top two or three in the market every start, and it hasn't won a race since Adam was a boy.
0: Bet yeah. around it, Jared. Exploit Absolutely. the opportunity.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, speaking of Kemble Grange, race three plundering goes around, but uh, he came up with a Mullahan Hand draw of Gate. Nine, there's already a scratching and I'm not sure if he'll end up running there. We might save him for another week. We'll wait and see.
1: You okay. might have the uh, PVL tax as well now, where they say you lay down with uh, dogs, you get up with fleas. Is that, what, that's that's, right. that might be what's marked on the um, on, on your your group of horses now. Yeah? That,
2: uh, that's right. The uh, the Condon stable will have a winner Sunday week, so we might talk Ooh. about that next week on the uh, podcast.
0: I tell you what, I know Plundering loves watching and listening to the podcast, and as soon as Jared came on and he didn't have the Plundering hat on, it must rock the confidence of the horse. I must say mm-hmm. so. Um. very, very disappointing. Tough times, well, plundering. Stay strong.
2: Well, when he hit the front last start, he obviously looked up at the camera and saw I had the cap on, Jimmy.
0: <laughs> All right. So this is the equivalent of blinkers on, isn't mm, it? <laughs> yes. Uh, very good. Very good. All right. So long-term lunch bet, Bronkings v, Broncos v. Vikings. Who progresses further? Uh, how many lunch bets are we putting on that? That's a long-term um, one.
1: Why don't we go whatever, because it'll, uh I don't know, what do you reckon? Because two-
0: it won't happen until early January, right? Yeah, so we're going to have to
1: carry over this year's reconciliation to get this back into last year's figures as well, I think. All
0: yeah, right, so. oh, mate, I've got no doubt that you've got some sort of system there that allows you to do that.
1: <laughs>
0: um, all right, two we'll lunch bets, it, Jimmy. Two,
2: two lunch bets.
0: Two lunch bets. Two lunch bets.
2: And all so right. this week we have the Broncos at home to the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Low scoring. (laughs) Low scoring. Won't be many points in that one. Low scoring. All right, lads,
0: as always, fantastic. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks, guys. Be good, gentlemen. Reading the play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiast with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com